0: This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert.
1: It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching at this time, and especially if this may be your very first time to watch the telecast. Today we're going to be talking about Satan, Satan. What would you do if you were the devil? What would you do? Well, I'm going to tell you what I would do if I were the devil. And I hope that you'll stay tuned today. Rather unusual a subject, but I think one that is sorely needed today. Now, on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course. I'd like to emphasize that it it is free. and We want you to have the opportunity to to learn more about the course, to receive the course. Now, sometimes people call and they say, now, what does that course really cost? I know what the man said. I know he said it's free, but what does it really cost? Can I assure you that it's free? Anything that we offer on this telecast, there's no charge for it. We're not going to ask for your credit card. We're not going to send you a bill. We don't want you to send us a check. It's free. It is absolutely free of charge. We are able to do this because there are Christians who have been liberal in giving to the Lord on the Lord's Day, and, and they make it possible that we can offer these things to you without costing you anything. In order that you might know more about the Bible course, that you might know how to receive the course, let's pause for just a moment.
0: To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible, it's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214.
1: I want to read now from 1 Peter chapter 5, and I want to read two verses. That's verse 8 and verse 9. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Satan originally was in heaven. In Luke the 10th chapter and verse 18, Jesus said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. In 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4, we learn the reason he was cast out. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. So the reason Satan was cast out of heaven was because of sin. And in the book of Jude, we learn more about the reason that uh, Satan was cast out of heaven. In the sixth verse we're told, the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. So originally Satan was in heaven. He was cast out because of sin. It appears from 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 6, that pride or perhaps the wrong kind of ambition of some sort was the reason for his fall. In giving one of the negative qualifications of an elder in First Timothy 3, the, the, Paul the writer said, Not a novice, that is one new in the faith, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. So it seems that pride was the The downfall of Satan. This we do know from Matthew chapter 25 and verse 41 that hell originally was prepared for the devil. In Matthew chapter 25 and verse 41, Jesus said, Depart from me, ye cursed and everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So originally, Hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. Also, we know that the devil is seeking all people. In the 22nd chapter of Luke's gospel, and in verse 31, Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have thee that he may sift thee as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. When thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. Just like Satan wanted Simon Peter, he wants you and he wants me. That's why Peter later warns in 1 Peter 5 and 8, Be sober, be vigilant, for the devil, your adversary the devil walks about seeking whom he may devour. And so he is real. What would you do if you were Satan? Well, you say, Brother Lambert, I never really thought about that. Well, let me tell you what I think I would do. If I were Satan, I would try to convince men that one religion is just as good as another one. Well, it's really commonly thought that it really doesn't matter what a person believes. It Actually, in our world today... There, there are many who really believe that it really doesn't matter what God one worships. You have your God, that I, I, and I have my God. Somebody else has their God, they worship in their own way, their own God. But it does matter what one, God one worships. In Exodus the 20 chapter and verse three, the Lord said, "The Lord God of heaven said, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. But if I were the devil, I'd try to convince people it doesn't matter. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But you know, if I were the devil, I'd try to convince people it really doesn't make any difference whether what God you serve or whether you serve one at all. I'd try to convince men that it doesn't matter which Lord you serve. Ephesians 4 and 5 says there's one Lord. I'd try to convince people it doesn't matter whether or not you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. But in John 8, 24, Jesus said, Except you believe that I am He, you shall die in your sins. I try to convince people it doesn't matter whether or not you turn away from sin in your life. But Jesus said, except you repent, you shall perish. I try to convince men that baptism is not essential to one's salvation. But the Apostle Peter at the house of Cornelius said, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Spirit as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized. You see, it does matter what we do in matters religion. A person can actually be thinking they're doing the right thing, and it may not be right. At least that's what Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. That's the reason Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 10:23, the way of man is not in himself, It is not in man that walks to direct his steps. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21, Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. We have to do the will of God. It does matter what we do religiously. And what it gets down to is a respect for the authority of the scriptures. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18 that he had all authority in heaven and on earth. We are to listen to what Jesus says today. Listen to Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 and verse 2. God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. Frequently, I I hear someone saying, the Lord spoke to me the other day, and the Lord said to me, and the Lord moved me to say. But the way that God speaks to man today is through his son, and through the written word that has been left for us. That's how God speaks to us today. God's not speaking to us through signs and through dreams and through visions and through feelings and and unusual experiences, through emotional highs that we might have. And it might seem rather plain to some people, but God speaks through us through the Word of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have to have respect for that. And so it does matter what we do in religion. If I were the devil, I'd try to convince people it doesn't matter. But the fact is, it does matter. Listen to John chapter 12 and verse 48. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my word, hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him at the last day. My friend, one of these days we're going to stand before the judgment bar of God. And when we stand there, we're not going to be judged by the experiences that we've had. We're not going to be judged by what some tale that may have been told by some preacher somewhere. We're not going to be judged by some feeling that we had. We're not going to be judged by some dream we may have experienced one night. We're going to be judged by the divine standard of the word of the living God. And I would not be doing my job as a gospel preacher. I would not be doing you a favor. I'd be doing you a disfavor. If I did not tell you that it does matter. We need to accept the authority of the book that I hold in my hand. In Hebrews, the 12th chapter is a a passage that to me is a very, very serious passage of scripture. I want to read verse 25 to you. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. You think about that. See see that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, the people that refused Jesus when he walked on the face of this earth did not escape people who refuse the God of heaven while they're walking on this earth are not going to escape. Let me go back and read it again. For if they did not escape, who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. Brother, I'll tell you, it's a serious thing to reject the authority of, Of the word of the living God. We must respect the Bible. It does matter. But you know if I were the devil. I think that I would attempt to destroy. The youth of today. Well one of the things that I would do. To try to destroy young people. Is to cause them to doubt God. I would try to sow their minds full of doubts. By promoting such things as the evolutionary theory. I I would try to break down the standard of right and wrong. As a matter of fact, I would obliterate it. I would do away with all kinds of standards of right and wrong. I will change ethical standards today. You know the Bible says, Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. That's just the truth of God in black and in white. But somebody says, I, 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 everybody's doing it. Well, that's what the devil says. Everybody's doing it. You see, what I would do is I'd say, well, you know, times have changed. Or no one is going to know. Or some say, well, you know, the Bible is out of date. And if I were going to try to destroy the youth of this land, I'd start promoting such things as the use of alcohol. And I would cause them to look at some of the older people who are using it and use them as a standard to go by, and, and they would say, well, you know, if they're doing it, I guess it must be okay for me. I'd promote the use of drugs. I'd cause drugs to be so rampant in the land that people would be staggering under the influence of it. I would promote sex as though there is no standard uh, for right and wrong when it comes to sex. And I would also promote such things as pornography in the land. Yes, I would try to destroy the youth of this land. The fact of the matter is, Satan is doing just that. He's trying to destroy young people today. I want to encourage every young person to be watching this telecast. To listen carefully to the advice of an old man. His name is Solomon. He's at the close of his life. And he says, as is recorded in the 12th chapter of Ecclesiastes in verse 1, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth. You need to remember God while you're young. Think about God while you were young. Oh, how we need to be turning our young people to God today, causing them to look to God today. But if I were the devil... I'd try to destroy them. And if I were the devil, I'd rob the home. You know, Satan is so successful at robbing the home. The home in America is in serious trouble. Now, what I would do is I'd rob the home of mother. Someone has said, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Mothers are encouraged to be keepers at home in Titus chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. That is, they need to be homemakers. They need to be doing their job at home. Doesn't mean they can't work outside the home, but they have double duty. Their mothers are to be taking care of their family. So are fa- also our fathers. I-, I would rob the home of discipline. There's very little discipline today among some young people, and you can tell it by the way they act. They're not being disciplined today. I'd rob the home of love. The Bible teaches that husbands are to love their wives like Jesus loved the church, Ephesians 5.25. But I'd cause husbands not to love their wives like that. Titus chapter 2 and verse 4 that says that wives are to love their husbands. But if I were the devil, I'd try to get wives to stop loving their husbands. I'd rob the home of God. And about the most charitable thing that I can say, about many homes of America, many homes of the world, is that that home has been robbed of God. Because in that home, no prayers are heard, not even at mealtime. The Bible is seldom read. The Bible perhaps is not ever read. And then I would rob the home of godly influence. If you want godly children, you have to set a godly example before them. You you cannot rear godly children and you live an ungodly life. If you want your children to go to church on Sunday, you've got to go with them. Not send them, you, you go with them. You take them if you want your children to love the Bible, they've got to see that you love the Bible. If you want your children to tell the truth, they've got to see that you tell the truth. If you want your children to have in their life a standard of morality and a standard of what is right and what is wrong, they've got to see that you, in your life, have that standard of right and and wrong in your life. You see, children follow the example of their parents. Uh, My son, who is the oldest of our children, is now uh, a grown man. And he has frequently reminded me in my relationship with him and his relationship with me, the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. Meaning... That in his life, he has a lot of traits that are in my life. In my life, I have traits that, are, that were in my father's life. You see, we follow the example that has been set before us. And if I were the devil, I would rob the home of a godly example. Oh, I don't know of anything that's needed today anymore than parents who will set a good godly example before their children. I believe in youth ministers. We have one at the Somerdale Church of Christ in Somerdale, Alabama, a fine young man working with us, Nathan Kidwell. He not only does youth work, he does a lot of other things, a good gospel preacher as well. But let me tell you something, as much as I believe in having young men to come and work with us and help our, our youth, the first youth minister that a child should have is his daddy, is her daddy. We need to begin rearing and training our children to live godly lives and do that at home. For the the truth is, we do not have them very much under the influence of the church. Very few hours compared to the hours that the family has them. And so that's where the godly, godly children are reared. It's at home. And if, but if I were the devil, I'd try to rob the home of all of those things. And if I were the devil, I would destroy, at least I would try to destroy, the influence of the church. Satan has always fought the church. From the very beginning of the church in the world, he's fought it. There was a persecution that scattered the church out of the city of Jerusalem. He has fought the church from without, and he has fought the church from within. Now let me ask you a question. Why has Satan been so bent on its destruction? Why would the devil like to destroy the influence of the church from the face of the earth today? I'll tell you one reason. is because Jesus Christ is the head of it. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 22 says, He had put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Another reason the devil wants to destroy the influence of the church is because Jesus is its founder. In Matthew 16 and 18, Jesus said, I will build my church. Another reason the devil wants to destroy the influence of the church is because the saved are in it. Acts 2.47, praising God, having favored all the people, and the Lord added unto the church daily, such as should be saved. And another reason the devil wants to destroy the influence of the church, because it is the only institution on the earth today that's trying to save the world from a devil's hell. I'll tell you, the movie industry is not trying to do that. The alcohol industry is not trying to do that. The drug traffickers are not trying to do that. Though those in the pornography industry are not trying to do that. No, no. The only people that are trying to save the world from eternal ruin, those that compose the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, so if I was devil, I'd try to destroy the influence of the church. I'd try to keep the church from doing its job. And let me, tell you, let me tell you how I'd do that if I were the devil. Now, I don't want to give anybody any ideas, but here's how I'd do it. I'd start a gossip campaign. Brother, you talk about causing confusion. You have someone whose tongue is tied in the middle And loose on both ends. And they can cause more confusion. And more disturbance in the church than just a little. And if I were the devil, I'd cause people in the church to wink at sin. I'd cause them, and actually I would encourage them to become lukewarm. Not hot, not cold, just lukewarm. I would do everything within my power if I were the devil, to destroy the influence of the church. But I can tell you, try as he may, Satan will never destroy the church of the Lord Jesus Christ from off the face of the earth. Because the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And if I were the devil, I'd try to keep you away from the book I hold in my hand here. I'd try to keep you away from the Bible. I have a little saying written in the front of most of my Bibles. Only this book can keep you from sin. Only sin can keep you from this book. Well, if I were the devil, why would I want to keep you away from this book? Because it's inspired of God, 2 Timothy 3, 16-17. I'd want to keep you away from it because it teaches you how to be saved and how to stay saved. It teaches you to believe on Jesus, and to repent of your sins, to confess your faith in Christ, to be baptized into Christ, live a faithful Christian life. It teaches you how to be saved and go to heaven one day. That's the reason I'd try to keep you away from the Bible if I were Satan. And then finally, if I were the devil, I would convince people that tomorrow is time enough to give you life to the Lord. The graveyard is filled with those who believe that lie of the devil. Solomon said, boast not thyself of tomorrow. Satan says, rely on tomorrow. Oh, Satan is a cunning, deceiving one. But his fate is sealed. Let's refuse him. Let's reject him and serve the Lord with all of our hearts. Become a Christian. Live a faithful Christian life. If you resist the devil, he will flee. James 4, 7 and 8. I want to thank you for watching today. And in the closing moments, may I encourage you to visit the Church of Christ in your community. Furthermore, may I also encourage you to call for the Bible course until we meet again, May the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer.
0: Give me the Bible, holy message shining. My life shall guide me in the narrow way. Precept and promise, law and love me Till thine shall vanish in eternal day. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ, if you have a question about the church or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call one 711 5214 Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.